Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have Mr. Harrison Fisher. Now, Harrison was coming on to talk all things conscious leadership, but before we dive into that, of course, I got to have a conversation with him about corn chips because they have some healthy corn chips and uh, it really sp- uh, spiked my interest. So I was like, okay, I've got to dive into this. I've got to find out a little bit more about what this, what's going on behind the scenes here. So if you're someone who's been interested in con- uh, conscious leadership or corn chips, if you're a corn chip fiend, you're going to love this episode. And of course, we can ever help you with your marketing. You can find out more about how we can do that over at mogulcall.com. But until then, let's jump into the show and chat to Mr. Harrison Fisher. Harrison, my man, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have a great conversation with you. Yeah, me too, man. My pleasure. And I always like to start the podcast off with one question, which is if if we met at a party and we're just chatting away and I said to you, Harrison, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? See, I saw this in the Eli Wild <laughs> episode and I wrote down like a new, really good answer to that question. And then I completely forgot about it. So this is a plug for the Eli Wild episode. He really gives a great tip on how to answer that question that I don't remember, but I will. It has something to do with creating a, a problem and then offering the solution, something like that. In all like honesty, without any like tricks or games or it's not tricks, but you know, any just being completely 100% real, I'm building a community of change makers and we're doing it through a food company, a company that cares incredibly amount about our customers, our employees, our partners, our advisors, our investors, everyone. And we're trying to help people take control of their health and live a more vibrant life, but also inspire them to bring consciousness into their own life, whether it's as a boss or a leader, whether it's as you know a wife or a husband, whether it's a, a parent or a friend or a stranger. Consciousness is something that is going to be essential for the future of humanity. I know we talked about like coyly bringing that up, but it just kind of it showed up. I really, what I do is I inspire people to be more conscious leaders. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Well, I want to dive into that, but I would love to know what your definition is because a lot of people use this phraseology or terminology, whatever you want to say, but what does, what does like, if you were to break down the two words, conscious and then leadership as well, like, what is that actually, like, what's your definition of them? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let me pull up the dictionary and get that answer for you. I think, you know, all terms are complicated to define. That just mm-hmm. kind of is humanity. They're used in so many different situations. For me, conscious leadership is leading through a lens of your values. And so it could be different from person to person. But at the end of the day, it really means putting your customer, your employees, your investors, your advisors, your partners first. You know, Simon Sinek wrote a great book. I didn't read it, but I'm sure it's a great book because everything he does is great. It's called Leaders Eat Last. And, you know, some people promote that you should pay yourself first. Some people promote that you should eat last. 
And in my mind, when you're really out there to just add value to the world, that's when you become a conscious leader. And so there's a company called Y Combinator, which is really famous. They're like the number one startup accelerator program in the US, at least. They have like 4,000 companies and I don't know their alumni, but I know it's like so many different billion dollar companies that came out of it. And, you know, they released an article. I don't know when I read it like a week ago. And it talks about how in the beginning, startups should be so focused on their customer that they're indistinguishable from charities. And in my mind, that really resonated with me. In my mind, you know, a business isn't a charity, right? It's businesses are supposed to make money and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with making money. In fact, if you don't make money, it's very hard to make a difference in the world. You know, with charities, charities, you know, there are many, many different charities and they do really, really great work. But if they were effective, they would put themselves out of business and they don't because they're effective, but they're not really effective enough. And businesses are what really need to happen to make change in the world. And the businesses that change the world are the ones who are founded by conscious leaders. So if you're out there, if you're someone who wants to change the world, or you want to just be proud of yourself, you know, a big thing in conscious leadership. And, you know, throughout this talk, I'm probably going to say those two words way more than anyone wants me to hear them say it, but it's really hard to have synonyms for the concept. Mm. Maybe we'll just say CL. A big part of that is just doing what you truly believe in is right. And, you know, I've gone through a ton of personal development, like just an absolutely way too much for any human being. And, you know, a really big thing about personal development is being authentic and being with integrity of yourself. And when you're out of integrity, you know, it starts showing up in other aspects of your life. You know, you get into a fight with your your significant other, and then you go into work the next day and like, you know, you can't get work done or you're fired by a client because you act out or something. You know, integrity is a really big part of our life. And a lot of us forget to have that integrity in business. And, you know, some people are successful leading without integrity. I don't understand how that's possible, but it's been proven. But I can't imagine them going to their home life and just being completely fulfilled. And you'll hear this from all of these amazing entrepreneurs when they're in their 70s and 80s. You know, Steve Jobs' last words are, you know, really famous. You know, he's like, the fame and the money doesn't really mean anything. All that means anything was, you know, the impact that I had or the influence that I had in the world. All that means is the love and the relationships that I have. And when you lead a business through the lens of your values, you really can be fulfilled throughout your entire life. So that's what conscious leadership means to me. And if you want any clarity on what I just said, because I threw out a lot of terms and I have a lot more to throw out, I'd be happy to. I want to dive into that. Just some of the thing that you said at the end, which is obviously like through the lens of your values. So if someone is a leader or in a leadership position at the moment, but they're not feeling that maybe they are doing that, they're not really leading through their values, or maybe they haven't even identified them and they're fallen into a leadership position or they've started a company and they've just been going. And look, they're, they're probably still looking after their customers. They still have, have that as a high priority. But then how do they like, how do they uncover and identify number one, like what their values are so that they can then put in 
place the process to lead through those values. Trying to stump me early in this podcast, huh? So I just wanted to touch on one thing you said that, you know, there are leaders out there that are doing right by their customer. I challenge people to really explore that belief. You know, it, it, it may be hard to face the music and it may be great to say you're doing right by your customer, but are you? You know, like if you're not going, and I'll give an example that'll clear it all up really soon, but if you're not going the all the way for your customer and you're just telling yourself you're doing right by your customer, even though like deep down you know you're not, and you could push that down as much as you want, it's going to affect you in other aspects of your life. And I'm not like cursing you or, or wishing that on you. It's just, you know, something that I've come to realize. And so for, for us, at, you know, my company is called Kula and we make radically healthy versions of popular junk foods. And, you know, there's a whole industry of like healthy snacks that are really considered better for you or lesser evil. And in reality, they're not really good for you. They're just not as bad for you as other things. And so, you know, when we were developing this product, I was talking to a firm of food scientists. These are people who like, you know, understand nutrition and ingredients and processes and, you know, how everything works together, you know, in production and manufacturing. And they asked me this question and they said, I can't remember, they were asking me about two different ingredients. And, you know, one was an ingredient that you know, on paper looked really good and would, you know, be under the consideration of clean label. But I didn't think that it was healthy. And then there was this other ingredient that nobody's ever heard of. And, you know, it might not be the, the easiest to pronounce ingredient, but it was good for my customer. And I 100% took the second one. You know, mm -hmm. I told the guy or the girl, whoever I was talking to at the time, should probably remember but I was like, I couldn't care less what it says on my label. You know, what the label isn't important to me. What, mm. What's important to me is how the ingredients function in my customer's body. And once we get ingredients that are digestible and vital to our consumer, then we can talk about making the label look better. But I will never sacrifice health for optics. And it's very uncommon in the food industry, people love natural flavors, but there's nothing natural about natural flavors. Like, yes, it comes from food, but it's totally mimicking food that is not going into your body. And you're basically tricking your body. Your body thinks it's getting something healthy. You're feeding it something unhealthy. So when your body is like, oh, I need some more healthy food, it craves an unhealthy food. And so it's very of your products right. so that when we're listening to this, cause I'm going, I'm like, what are you well, like? What's some of the healthy products? <laughs> like, what are you selling? Like, cause then, so I can, yeah. so, so when I'm listening to this, it might, gives me some more context. Like, what are we, what are we talking? Like what's some of sure. the products you guys have? Yeah. Okay. So product that we're launching with, which we should be launched by the time this podcast comes out is a flavored tortilla chip. So think like, you know, a triangle corn chip that tastes like nacho cheese or, you know, Cool Ranch or you know spicy sweet chili. That's the product we're talking about, and it's hard to make a product that tastes great without natural flavors or artificial flavors or some sort of chemical flavoring. And it's just easy. Like you know, 
we'll throw a natural flavor in there. It'll taste like nacho cheese. It says natural on the package. That's all my customer cares about. If it's natural, that's what I'm going to do. And we're over here like we're going to get the customer not what they want, what they need. You know, at the end of the day, we have to make something a customer wants. We have to make something that's going to be delicious and taste like, you know, what they're used to. Otherwise, they won't buy it and that's okay. But on the other hand, I have to make sure that this is what the customer needs. Mm. I, I can't, in my own right, feed my customer something that I wouldn't 300% believe in. And it's more than just me. You know, we have a whole collective of health experts and food hackers that come together to discuss what goes into the product and what is actually good for a customer, what's not good for a customer, you know, what's an extract. I had a, I had a conversation for an hour today about like what is considered an extract and what is not. And like, D, I, this isn't really that relevant to the conversation, but it's just something that's really interesting, at least to me. If you dehydrate something, that's considered an extract because you extract, extract water from it. But it still retains the, like, the vitamins and the minerals and the secondary plant compounds. When you remove protein from something, it's called like a protein isolate. You know, that's an extract where you're not keeping the secondary plant compounds. And that's not healthy because the secondary plant compounds are what help us digest the protein. And so it's like, yeah, pea protein isolate, that's a great vegan source of protein on the label. In reality, it's much better to eat the whole pea. You're getting the vitamins, you're getting the minerals, you're getting the fiber, and you're getting the secondary plant compounds that help us digest the vitamins, the minerals, and the fiber. And so a conscious leader wouldn't put pea protein isolate in their product, even though it looks so good on the label and it's all the rage right now. Every product needs to have pea protein isolate because it's the healthiest thing. And in reality, it's not that great for us. And so as a conscious leader, I look at pea protein isolate and I'm like, oh, my customer would love that, but it's not what the customer needs. And so I can't put that in my product. Can I, can I ask you a question? And it might be kind yeah. of like a little bit of devil's advocate here, but when, with your product, how do, you, how do you package it for the client? How do we package it for the yeah. client? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a, it's, a, it's a hot topic within our company and our advisors. And right now we are, well, we're talking to TerraCycle to do a national recycling program for our packages, which rewards our customers for mailing our bags to a, a TerraCycle facility. We're talking to a packaging company right now they only can offer a 30% PCR, a post-consumer recyclable bag, which, mm. you know, it's not great. They're, they're hoping that they could get it to 70 or 80%, but it's just not there yet. The way we sell our, our snacks is, well, it's really important for us to look, feel, and taste like, you know, what they're used to. So we sell our snacks, we sell single serves, but we sell single serves in a variety pack. And so traditionally, when you do a single serve in a variety pack, you have your plastic bags, and then you put those plastic bags in another plastic bag. Mm. And what we're doing is we're going to do, we're going to, we have plastic bags. We're going to set up a national recycling program for those plastic bags. Mm. And then we're going to put it in a recycled cardboard box. So we're at least taking away one bag of plastic and we're making the other bags recyclable. Yeah, I was curious because it's going to be, I was like, oh, if you're putting them in plastic bags, is it conscious leadership then if you're contributing to the plastic that goes into the world? You know, that, that was going to be, that, that was uh, the question that was popping into my head. But I like the fact so, that you've already done as much as possible to be able to reduce that. 
In addition to the bags, right? Another thing we're doing, the ingredients in our food are all very good for the environment. They put nitrogen in the soil and they remove carbon from the air. They're all legume plants, which is much better and more efficient than corn or wheat or almonds or, you know, other things that people make into chips. They're very efficient for the environment. Another thing we're doing is our farms that we buy from and our coal manufacturer and our packaging facility and our fulfillment center are all in North California. And so, you know, when you look at the environmental impact of food products, freight is really big, you know, Mm -hmm. shipping you know, ingredients from, you know, a country to another country or a state to another state that has a really big environmental impact. And since we have it all in this one small region of California, we're really curbing our environmental impact in that way as well. Nice. I love that. And just purely because this pops in my head out of curiosity, how do you make nacho cheese flavor naturally? Like, what's, <laughs> like without giving me the, with the whole thing, because I'm just thinking, I'm like, how is that even going to be done naturally? Like, especially onto a chip. What's one thing that gives a little bit of flavor towards the nacho cheese flavor that is a, is a natural thing? Just pure curiosity, like without giving me your recipe, curious as to like, what's one thing that kind of contributes to that flavor? We think outside the box. I'm not going to go into the specific ingredients that we use. You'll find out when, you know, you see our label and our packaging and, you know, there are things on our label that you might not have ever heard of. Actually, probably a lot of our label you might not ever heard of, but it's all plant-based. It's all whole foods. It's all real foods. We just take a bunch of plants, chop them up, and we, you know, put them in our machine and out comes a delicious tortilla chip. You know, one thing I would like to add to that is, you know, we're taking risks that nobody's ever done before. But on the other hand, you know, whether or not it tastes exactly like nacho cheese is is not as important as it sounds. Mm-hmm. If we could deliver a chip that is delicious and which we have, you know, we are delivering a chip which is delicious and one that you're not going to want to put down, one that you're going to keep snacking. That's a whole nother whole nother story with packaging size because you know we're a, a radically healthy brand and with packaging if you give someone a five ounce bag of packaging they're you know traditionally are just going to eat the whole thing and it doesn't matter what you put in the food it's never good to overeat it's always good to eat in moderation so we have a packaging size of one and a half ounces to make sure that our customer is at least conscious about how much food they're putting in their body and you know if they don't want to overeat it's much easier not to overeat when you have to keep opening new bags versus having one giant bag that you just mindlessly eat and finish. So putting that to the side, I completely forgot what I was talking about, but I'll remember it in one second. Oh, we were talking about the food and how we make it into, into nacho cheese. So if it's delicious and you keep wanting to eat it, even though we're going to encourage you not to overeat, that's what matters, right? It's radically healthy for you. People are going to buy our product because it's radically healthy. That's like what is our competitive advantage. That's what makes us different. And then on the other hand, we're also radically delicious. Like our product, you'll love, like you'll try it and you'll be blown away by the taste. And maybe it doesn't taste exactly like nacho cheese. We have three other flavors besides nacho cheese and they're all flavors that are much easier to create. Vegan, you know, spicy, sweet chili, there's no cheese in it. You know, salt, there's no cheese in it. Chili lime, there's no cheese in it. They're all naturally cheeseless and it's very easy to make vegan. Nacho mm-hmm. cheese is is more difficult. And, you know, we use nutritional yeast like every other cheese product out there or every other vegan cheese product out there. 
And then we have other ingredients that are naturally grown sometimes in, mm. I don't, that was the wrong way to put it. They're not like from the US originally. So for me being a, for us being a, an American company, that's important. But so we're using ingredients that are very uncommon, which could better, and I'm speaking like this because this is something new, right? We mm. got our product to a point where like, this is awesome, let's launch. And then, you know, someone suggested there's this other spice that's not common in the US that, you know, should be able to recreate the cheese flavor even better than nutritional yeast. And so we're adding that to the product. And that's the one that I'm not saying because that's kind of like, you know, our trade secret for the time being. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, there are 300,000 ingredients in the world that are edible by humans. And the traditional human eats about 30. And I don't have a statistic about how many food companies use, but I could tell you that they don't use 300,000. And so there's just always more ingredients to explore that have, you know, different health benefits and different flavors. Hmm. You know, for me, a lot of my inspiration is I like to try a lot of foods and I'll try a food and I'll be like, that reminds me of this snack I used to love as a kid. And then we'll try to make that snack out of that food. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I love that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love the answers. And look, I'm, I'm looking forward to my, my sample packs when you send them over yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can try these out. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, tell us a little bit more. So I obviously want to be mindful of the time here as well. But tell us a little bit more. So you're doing also a conscious leadership program within your food company, <laughs> which kind of sounds weird. But like, just tell us a little bit more about yeah. that. Okay, we're, we're going there. Yes. But I have so much more to talk about conscious leadership and why people should bring it in and how they bring it in and, you know, what it does for the business. Well, I mean, we, we might even have to do another episode I think, <laughs> to, get, to get the full in-depth because I, I needed to go down the food route because it was so interesting to me, like, to ask the questions about it and how you're doing it. So I think you've done yeah. some great examples of how you are like using conscious leadership but i love obviously like we would love to to delve into it but i know our guys were like we got to keep pretty much a tight 30 on that for the guys otherwise they all drop off um, right. even though it's an interesting okay. interesting topic but man, i love to have you back we can delve more into conscious leadership as well so i think at the end of the day kula is going to win because of how much we do for the customer and you know i think that there's a shift happening in the world. And it's, we're not at the beginning, it's already happened. But I think that in the future, conscious companies are going to be the only ones that survive. I mean, you know, we're getting to a point where everything is so transparent, like even people that are doing good in the coronavirus crisis are getting called out because they're not 100% going for the customer. And I'm talking about like, you know, people who are buying masks, and then increasing the premium and making a ton of money selling masks. It's like they believe that they're doing good by increasing the mask supply, which they are doing good, but then they're also gouging people on masks and then they're ending up getting a lot of bad press. And I think that's going to be just going to become more and more and more prevalent. You know, all of these companies that don't have the customer 100% in the best interest will be getting called out and companies that do, We'll get free press and free media. And, you know, what's really beautiful is 
and this might be for the next episode is, you know, I, we're, we haven't even launched yet and people are reaching out like, where can I get the product? When can I get the product? And these are people I don't know. It's, it's like friends of friends of friends are hearing about a company that just cares so much about their health that they want in. And, you know, the same thing with service providers and partners and employees, people reach out to me and they're like, I want to be a part of this or I'm working with a service partner and I'm probably going over time and I apologize for that. This is the last story and then I'll go into the Conscious Leader program at Kula is one of the guys who was part of the developing of the food. He's a service provider. He's a contractor. You know, we pay him some money for, you know, a period of time and then that's it. And we're having a conversation about, you know, equipment with, you know, equipment rental because we're setting up our manufacturing and he keeps saying we and us and our as if it's his brand. And -hmm. it's like, he knows he's not technically part of us. He's just a service provider, but he wants so bad to be part of us that he's we, us, and he's taking on extra projects that we're not paying him for because he's just so happy. He literally called this product his baby and it's his 0% ownership. Like that is just like amazing. And I'm just blessed and grateful that he's in and, you know, he's probably going to come under the Kula umbrella. We're probably going to hire him. But just the fact that he takes so much ownership of our company's product to call it his baby is how you get people to do their best work. So that's what it's like to be a conscious leader. And we're setting up a conscious leadership program at Kula. You know, as I said before, people really want this product. You know, friends of friends of friends are begging me for this product. And, you know, we're setting up a program where we're going to teach you how to be a conscious leader. And then we're also going to pay you to share Kula with your friends. And so we're not going to, you know, turn you into some like salesman, saleswoman, sales figure. You're going to be a conscious leader. You're only going to bring Kula to people who can make a real difference in their life. You know, our mission statement is to help people take control of their health and live a more vibrant life. And that's what we want to do. We're only out to help people. And we'll teach you to lead from that point so you can sell effectively. And Conscious Leadership Program, it's not just for Kula. It's for really inspiring conscious leaders in other realms of life. It's a side hustle. You know, it's a way to make extra income in a time where, you know, people might be struggling for money. And it's a way to learn a new skill in which you could bring into your business or your career or your relationships or your life and just evolve as a human being while making extra money. I love that. That's epic. And how, and how can people find out about that? Like where's the best place to check it out? The best place to check that out is Kula.com and there'll be an ambassador program link, which is our conscious leadership program. Maybe we'll just call it the conscious ship conscious leadership program so it's not up while we're filming the podcast it'll be up up when you're listening to this podcast we go to kula.com k-o-o-h-l-a-h.com i'm sure kim you'll put it in the description and there'll be a, a button to apply and you know i know application is this sales strategy but we really mean it like we don't want anyone who's just gonna bug their friends, their family, other people about buying our product. We're not interested in all. We want people who fit in our culture, who really care about others and want to make a difference in their lives and get paid to make that difference. 
in other lives. So there is an application project progress. We're not going to do like this intense, like a hundred questions. It's just going to make sure that, and don't just like cheat and say what I'm saying right now, but we're just going to make sure that you care and you want to do good and you want to bring consciousness into your life, into your career and make a difference for your friends. And then, you know, we'll train you and we'll pay you and life will be really good for you. Yeah. No, I love that. And guys, we're going we're gonna to classify this and we'll timestamp this as part one. We will do a part two. <laughs> I'm not going to ask my patented last final question until we go through that one so that we can make sure we do dive into the full conscious leadership. So we'll do this as a two-parter because, yeah, we want to make sure that we respect your guys' time and uh, your time as well, Harrison, and we'll do a two-part episode on this one. So this is part one, guys. So if you want to find out the answer to my favorite question of all time at the end of the episode, you're going to have to listen to the next one, unfortunately. In the meantime, go and, go and check out Akura. Unfortunately. Yeah. They've just got to wait, you know. It's, we've got to get them to hang on. They get two great episodes for the price of one. You have yeah, so an extremely lucky audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fortunately, you guys get <laughs> two for the price of one. It's a bargain. It's a cool last special, guys. But guys, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. We will have a part two. So make sure that you tune in and make sure that you share this with someone that you know needs to be a conscious leader because you need to get this one first to get the context. Then you're going to get all of the extra juice in the next episode. So we'll see you guys on the next one.